praises what I do. Psalm 107 reads, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Wait for it. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out, tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Another translation says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why should I say so? Because I give thanks to the Lord. For he is good and his love endureth forever. Oh, hallelujah. What you said, that's a long time. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I, I just, just real quick before we get into our text. You could just have, if you're excited that you're in the house of the Lord, if you're excited that God has done something for you, just, just turn around and high-five somebody and say, I serve a good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of y'all caught on. Y'all didn't just high-five one prayer and let somebody else know. <laughs> He's been good to me. <laughs> I got to get another witness on here. I cannot testify. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I, I, I was just thinking about that, just, just how great our God is. And I was sitting out here by my lonesome. I couldn't high-five somebody at the time, so y'all helped me out. <laughs> The psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, if we can, we can turn to the, the book of Romans. For those who have been journeying with us, we've been taking a, a journey to Rome, looking how to live in Rome. Learning to live in Romans, and so uh, I, I want to clarify that this is the, uh, dealing with the letter from Paul, not talking about if you take you a vacation <laughs> in, in Rome. Some of y'all might get that on the way home. And so we're going to continue on where we left off in this beautiful letter to Rome by Paul in the 8th chapter, picking up at verse 31. Many of us know these verses, know these passages, and definitely maybe the latter parts, many of us, or some of us, or maybe most of us, maybe all of us have this memorized and know uh, uh, this text or have heard it before. And so my, 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 my challenge to us is for us to glean more truths and, and knowledge and understanding how to apply this to our daily lives. So I'm reading from the New Living uh, Translation. Uh, from Romans 8, chapter, starting at verse 31. If you're not there, say, please, hold on. Hallelujah. I heard no one say so. If you are there, say, let us begin. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can never be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has given, uh, I'm sorry, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and, his, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise God for his word as you take your seat. If you can help me announce this to you, never tell them inseparable. Hallelujah. If case someone else next to you did not catch it, make sure they caught him, talk, tell them the same thing. Tell them inseparable. I want you to deal with this morning, if you will, how we are inseparable. When I say we, I'm not talking about you and me, but I'm talking about you and God. Hello, somebody. When I'm looking at this text, I want us to have a quick review, if you will. We see how verse 31 begins, what shall we say about such wonderful things? What wonderful things are you talking about? Well, if you look back, we find out in the earlier chapter, we talk about how we have been justified. I lost somebody. Let me help somebody out. If you, if you go back into the third chapter, it tells how you are a sinner in desperate need of redemption. Because if you stood before the Lord, you would be found guilty. Because the word tells us that there's none righteous before the Lord. And, and such this argument, such this case that has been presented before the judge and the cross-examination has brought all the evidence before us to let us know that even if I stood before God on my good day, I still have evidence against me that tells me that I am guilty. So because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but I'm glad he did not leave me hanging there of being guilty. But he continues on and says, but God sent Adam. Uh, 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 the first Adam messed it up, so he had to send the second Adam. If one Adam can bring sin into the world, help me out somebody, then one Adam can take sin out of the world. I'm thanking Jesus. And, and since this Adam came that, that who, who knew no sin became our sin. We learn about the doctrine and theology of imputation that who took our sins, took our faults, took our credit, took our debt and put it on him so that we could be debt free. Who the son says free is free indeed. We're no longer bondage in sin but we're alive in the spirit so that we can have life and have peace. And so he goes on to talk about how wretched man am I who can save me from this sin with Thin, but he reminded himself, it's no longer I who sin anymore, hallelujah, but I've been given over unto God. And, and so I realized that though I have a, du a, du a duality among me, I got the power 
of the Spirit. What is this power of the Spirit? The Spirit of power. He says, do you not know? Help me out, somebody. The same power that rose Christ from the dead is also in you. What kind of power is that? Y'all asked some good questions this morning. It's called resurrection power, called mind-changing power, called healing power, called the power of peace. It's called that I may be in a dark situation, but I got the light on my side, and it's able to shine light on whatever I am going through. What kind of power is it? It's kind of power, though I may be in a storm, I can look up who is peace, who can speak peace. Hello, somebody. It's a kind of power that though it seems like I'm in a hopeless situation, it's the kind of power like Abraham, a hope against hope. Because I believe in the one who speaks as those things do not exist as though as they are. And so I believe that God can speak. I'm going to let that meditate for a moment. He can speak. Let's sink in a little bit further. Buddha don't talk. Help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, Muhammad is dead. Can't talk. Mm. Money. Can't talk. But God said, let there be light. Jesus was at the grave, said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus said, it is done. Jesus says, you are here. Our God speaks. Uh, my Bible reminds me that Abraham had a conversation with God. Like you and I are talking, like friends talk face to face. Say, God was talking to Moses. I, 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 I'm at all when I look at Exodus and says, Lord, I'm desperate for that. <laughs> But I know I may not experience on this side, hello somebody, but I'm waiting for the side when I come on that he'll wipe every tear from my eye. And he'll say that I will be your God and you will be my people. I'll hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'll hear him say that you can rest from your labors. I'll hear him say that your rewards will fall out. I'll hear him say, eat of the tree of life, drink from, from the water of life. I will be able to be in his presence. But while I'm here, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm weak, I'm, I'm down, but God reminds me that, that I've given you my power. I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. Come here, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will teach us, it will train us, it will build us up. And so in the view of this Holy Spirit that came through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, rose again from the grave. And by his death, we have been justified. So what the writer would say, in view of all these things. Who dares stand against me? I could stop preaching. Y'all help me out right now. I could just be done. He's pointing out because of everything that God has done for me. Who dares stand against me? He opened up in the 8th chapter, the first verse. It says, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So how dare you come against me? He's pointing out to us that since we have all these things, uh, that's why we ought to get excited. If God is for us, uh, if God is for me, who can stand against me? Look closely. He says, it is God who justified us. It is God who's making us in the image of Christ. It is Christ who defends us. So if he is for us, then who dare bring a charge against us? 
If you go back to the third chapter, you remember that we're standing in a courtroom. We, we have a prosecutor giving us all kinds of things that you have done this, you have done that. And we all said, yes, we all are guilty. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, but, but yet our defense came on saying this, that for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So when I look at that, I, I start reminding myself that there's no need for me to be condemned. There's no need for me to feel uh, defeated. There's no need for me to feel let down. Because I realize if God is on my side, who dare even try to come up against me? Help me. Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, some of y'all haven't caught on yet. Let me maybe come down y'all block. Yeah, many of us seen Lion King, one of the highest grossing Disney cartoon movies ever to be made. So good that they made a Broadway musical out of it. And, and Lion King, there's one part in Lion King that, that I saw this illustration by, by Dr. Tate. So I had, told him I had to borrow. It was so good. And he talked about good old Simba. Simba's the child of the king. Simba had a curiosity in intellect and, and realized that his king, the king was showing him at the sunrise that everything the sun touches is yours. Some of y'all might catch on the way home. But, but don't go into the shadow areas. Don't go into the dark lands. And, and yet Scar, the evil brother, put all kind of temptation in front of the curiosity of Simba, saying, aren't you king? Well, everything is yours. So go ahead on out there. He set up a trap, and so he goes out there, and he's having fun with Naya, and they go around. Soju being being the overseer over there, protector, trying to remind her, y'all, y'all shouldn't be here. Y'all shouldn't be here. Y'all shouldn't be here. But they go there anyway, and the hyenas trap them. They run around. They get cornered, and yet Simba realized upon himself, I'm I'm the king. I'm I'm a lion. The hyenas they should be scared of me. So he roars, and nothing comes out. They said, they looked at each other, and they started laughing and roaring and say, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Just, just taunting him, teasing him. And, and so he shook himself, and he stood out, and he roared again. And this time a loud roar came forth, and Simba started looking around, saying, the, the, that came from, from me. And the hyenas were standing in tears and, and, and trembling and fear. And they looked up, and they saw the king. The king was standing on top looking below over the sun. And the sun roared, but it was no longer the sun's roar that feared them, but it was the roar of the father. And, 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 and at the sight of the father, the hyenas had to flee because of the power of the roar of the king. And he defeated the enemy. What I'm trying to point out, that when you are with God, who dare stand against you when they realize they're going to be defeated? They realize they have no chance. And so we too can realize that's not my role that's scary, but the role of my God. <laughs> As David said, not do I come in my name, but I come in the name of the Lord. I am in under his authority, under his power. Can I help out somebody? Let you know that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, just know your father's looking over you. And he's looking over you, then he sees what's going on in your situation. And though it may be daunting, though it may be peril, though it may be nakedness, though it, it may be piles and, and principalities, all you got to remind yourself that if God is with you, who can be against me? I'm, I'm so glad that I realize that if he's on my side, huh, who can box with God and win? Who can wrestle with God and walk away not with a limp? 
Somebody gonna catch that. So we have been given the spirit of adoption that we call him father. The spirit intercedes on our behalf. And so since we have the spirit because we've been free from the bondage of sin, then we can now live in the freedom and the liberty under his grace. Do you understand that, that, that in view of all these things that no longer should sin have a hold of you? No longer should your mind be given up into things of, of debauchery and, and reprobate mind, but no longer are you thinking of how to please the belly, the stomach, the body, the flesh. But now you're trying to say, Lord, how can I honor you? Lord, how will my eyes honor you? How will my hands, how will my mouth honor you? That we will be like David says, that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Because we realize that, Lord, no longer am I living for my sake, but for your sake. Because I was saved not by my blood, but by the blood of Jesus. So help me out, somebody say, in view of all these things, who can stand against us? So we see that no one dares comes against us, right? Because we see that God has delivered us. He has redeemed us. Romans 5 talks about how Christ was rose, rose from the grave. He rose from the grave to justify us. What does it mean to be justified? To be made right. We see earlier in, in, in Romans, it says, whom he called, whom he predestined, he justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified and, and we go on to say that we are being made into his image y'all know what that means that means God who's begun a good work in us will complete it until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it means that God is, 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 is shaping us and forming us we, we talked about it before in Jeremiah how to stay in the will because as a clay is on the wheel, when the clay's in the potter's hand, he's on the wheel. That means he's still in the master's hand. And if he's still in the master's hand, it means that he's not done with us yet. That means he's shaping us and forming us into the image he wants us to become. And so I realize that if I'm in with God, if I'm in his presence, then who dare comes against us? And I want you to grab the crux of all this. Paul's now putting into the situation that though troubles may come, those problems may arise, those sickness may come, death may come. This does not mean that God does not love you. Can I help somebody else out that, that, that though, though you may be depressed, though things may not be going your way, you, 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 you may be in a bad situation, it does not mean God does not love you. Though you may be having problems in your own household, maybe having problems at your job, you may have problems in your own city, in your community, in your workplace, but it does not mean God does not love you. Because it goes on in 17th of the 8th verse says that if we glory in God, we also must suffer. Hello, somebody. I'm going to lose some people now that came to church and not, he's not preaching me happy. He's making me upset with myself. Because I want you to understand something real quick. That if, if you love the Lord and you say you serve him, then you must suffer. You must be willing to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after him. 
Jesus says, you're not worthy to become my disciple if you do not love me more than your mother, your father, your brother, your wife, your, even yourself. Let me help you out. He said in another way, if you do not hate your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and, 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 and you do not pick up your cross and follow after me, you're not worthy to become my disciple. What he's pointing out, that you might realize you're in this world, uh, you might be a part of this world, but you should not be of this world. We was talking about this in our Sunday school class, how some people might talk about you and say, how can you do such things? When you're doing things for the glory of the Lord, they're going to talk to you like you're out of your mind, and that's when you don't have to correct you. You tell them, that's right, I am out of my mind. Because I'm not of this world, I'm out of this world. I lost somebody, but I, my Bible tells me that this is not my home. But I got a home over in glory where I'm royalty. Hello, somebody. <laughs> that I am a royal priesthood, a living stone, that I have been given the power of the Holy Spirit, that I can claim victory in the kingdom of God. And, and so if I can claim victory, hello, somebody, then I'm more than a conqueror. Y'all catch that? They may lay charges against me, talk about who I am or who I, who I used to be, but I can look upon them and say, bring all the charges you want, but my God has acquitted me. <laughs> Do you not see that it's God who justifies, who dare bring a charge against us? It is God who justifies because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Do you see that, that the saving power of our God? will prevent any charge that comes against us. We see it in, 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 in Psalm, uh, uh, 40, uh, uh, the 20, sorry, Psalm 44 in the 22nd verse, where Paul quotes it right here, in, in, in here, talking about how we are being slaves. Y'all see that right there? Though for your sake we are being killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. That's in Psalm 44. Look, look what he's doing, y'all. Look what he's doing. He is quoting the word of God to encourage the people of God. Some of you need to realize that though you're going through perils, you're going through troubles, don't look at somebody else, but look at the word of God. It, it, should, it should be time out that we say what Oprah said, what Dr. Phil has said, or what I saw on NBC, but we should be looking at people and women of God and say, my pastor said, my teacher said, my deacon has said, my minister has said, my brother and sister in Christ has said, the word of God has said, let it all go back to the word of God and realize that though I may be slaughtered, or maybe we be like Job, though he's slain, yet I will trust him. The psalmists are writing the psalm saying, we realize that we're righteous in your sight, O God. Not saying that they have no sin, but they realize they have not adultery. They have not become apostate. They have not gone long after other gods. But yes, they know perils and troubles may come. You realize here that there's pointing out here, though famine may come, tribulations may come, distress, calamity, problems, persecution to be under somebody else to, to chastise you and maim you because you're standing for the word of God. Nakedness, what it means is nakedness. If you use naked at that time, it means you was poor. It means you had no clothes. It means if you were in destitute, if you're in poverty, you're in a desolate, desperate situation. Or if you're in peril, in danger, in dangers, in toils, 
and stands on calm, but still I'll say amazing grace. Some of y'all might catch on the way home. Uh, even under the sword, may I may be martyred, may I may be persecuted, but still I know the Lord loves me. Let me help somebody else out. In Acts the seventh chapter, David is taught, uh, Stephen is seen being stoned on his knees, and he's being stoned, but yet he looked up and he saw. The Lord, like he had his arms opened up to him, even though he was dying, being persecuted, helping out somebody, but nothing will separate me from the love of God. Look, look, look here. Nothing can stop us. Tell me I would you never tell you never, nothing can stop us. Because we have victory through who? Through Christ. Jesus. Y'all see that right there? That we have victory in Christ Jesus. I, I want you to grab this. Look, look, look closely at this verse. So, so uh, uh, says, I am convinced. He is, he is persuaded. He has an assurance. He knows that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principal, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing. He's based on to make sure anything I might have left out can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you understand Jesus holds all things together? I'm about to leave y'all alone. I'm almost close to my close. Jesus holds all things together and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of his sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who am I talking about? Jesus. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Who am I talking about? Jesus. All, all beings based in the Lord, and if he holds me, he keeps me, and who can separate me from his love? Nothing in this world, can, nothing above nor under can separate me from his love. Who am I talking about? Jesus, these things I've spoken to you so that I, so that in me you may know you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Who am I talking about? Jesus. Y'all don't help me out. I'll be up here a little bit longer. But whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who am I talking about? Jesus. Uh, if you miss anything, all I'm trying to point out to you, that if you put your trust, there you go. Help me out. <laughs> you realize that you are not defeated, but you are a conqueror. You are an overcomer. If somebody tries to separate you, just let them know you're with Jesus and nothing can separate me from the love of God because his word is so powerful. Hello, somebody. That just when he spoke, let there be light, there's light still shine. Some of y'all miss it. What I'm trying to point out, he holds everything together. So if he says, if I call on his name and I shall be saved, tell me, who can separate me from the love of Jesus? I'm inseparable. Take my money. Take my car. Take my house. Take my family. But you can't take my soul. Because my soul is in the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody, can somebody hear me say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. 
Oh, hallelujah. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He has washed me and made me whole. There's no more. I'm closing up my Bible to let you know I'm done. I'm just celebrating right now. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. I'm convinced. I am persuaded. Neither height nor death. Nothing you can think of. Nothing you can bring against me will separate me. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's a depression. <laughs> but I'm not depressed. <laughs> There's a recession. But my God owes a cattle on a thousand here. <laughs> the Dow went down. All that stuff, well, I don't know nothing about that stuff, but all it went down. But my God is lifted up high. High and exalted. Everybody else is willing. What am I going to do? How I'm going to make it till tomorrow? I just look at who holds tomorrow. <laughs> And I look at the one who's with me. <laughs> I heard a story this way that somebody asked him, what's the name of God? He said his name is Andy. What do you mean his name is Andy? And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his own. <laughs> I don't know him as Andy, but I know him as Obajara. <laughs> The Lord, my provider. I know he's mighty and in battle. Who is the king of glories? He's mighty in power. I know him as prince of peace. I know him as mighty counselor. So therefore, I know that no matter what comes my way, I can face it. Because it's no longer me by myself. We went to a, a, a football game on, on, on Saturday, and we did a whole lot of walking in. And little, 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 the little one got tired, say, my feet are tired from walking. So I knew what it meant. So I made her ask, so what do you want? Can you pick me up, please? And I said, sure. And she laughed and giggled. Tell me, as soon as I said, may I pick up, please, you immediately pick me up. Y'all missed it. When we're tired, when we feel exhausted, when we feel even depressed or oppressed, God sees your situation. But he's just waiting for you to depend on him and realize that he's with you. And if he's with you, what can stand against you? So all you got to do is just call on him and say, Lord, I, I need you. And God said, that's all I've been waiting on. I had your back all the time. I was ready to serve you. I was ready to carry you. I was ready to deliver you. Because who can come against us? I'm on your side. And then you understand that I got, me being human, I got tired after caring for long, but I put her down. She started running. <laughs> Y'all missed it. <laughs> They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. All I know is that I just need to pick me up. Lord, pick me up and I won't be tired. Lord, pick me up so I can run a little bit further. Lord, pick me up so I can walk and not faint. Lord, pick me up so I can fly. So though you may came in here feeling that your situation, your life is unbearable and no one can save you, remember that if God is for you, who can be against you? 
You may be coming here and you say, well, I don't know this guy. Well, I want you to know you can't know this guy. Romans 10, we still in the Romans. You look at Romans 10, chapter 13. It says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Before that, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God, that Jesus Christ rose on the, uh, Jesus Christ died for your sins, that God rose him from the grave, you shall be saved. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. I want you to know that you can know this power. You can know this peace. You can know this kind of a hope in a dark time by just calling on the name of Jesus. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait Y'all stand. Doors of the church is now open. If there's anyone here who do not know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about mama's relationship. I'm talking about your own relationship. Your personal Lord and Savior. The deacons and the pastors are walking the aisle. People are standing, make it easy for you to come on out. You need someone to walk with you, I'm sure. One of them will walk with you. Amen. In the name of the Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Son. If you're uncomfortable... You can meet with myself or one of the ministers or the deacons after service. We'll be happy to share with you the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God is good. God is good.